Hello, and welcome to the Blaze Experience. Coming in to talk with us today, this is a new episode. Today we are talking some more Sea of Thieves. We are going to talk to a special guest, and we are going to break down the art book of Sea of Thieves. There's a lot of great things in this art book. Some of them are already in the game, of course. Some of them aren't, and they're like a little bit of clues that might come to the game later, or they might just be clues that Rare decided they didn't want to include after all, but they're definitely nice tidbits to talk about, so we're going to get into a lot of that today. But we are also going to get into our guest and his background a little bit. Our guest today is a YouTuber, Quality XA. He does YouTube for Sea of Thieves, Destiny, and other games, and he's definitely done a great job with Sea of Thieves so far, so we're glad to have him here to talk with us today. How's it going, Quality? <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> but yeah, all good. Not too bad. <laughs> yeah no you definitely have i've watched pretty much all your videos for sea of thieves and you've done a great job with it i can't say i'm a destiny player but it seems like if you do it the same way that sea of thieves you probably do get it with us too <laughs> <laughs> cheers but yeah no i really enjoy genuinely have been enjoying sea of thieves so much and i just thought i'm gonna give something else a try because usually it is destiny on my channel so off of Sea of Thieves, and it's doing pretty well, and I really enjoy the game, so maybe that's a reason why. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you enjoy the game, that's definitely, you know, more of a reason to do it, because if you don't enjoy it, then it's a little bit harder to get through it, I think, so. Oh, most definitely. <laughs> but you sound like you pretty much, you know, like the game so far, you like the direction that the game's going? Most definitely. I think it's, it's definitely in the sense of how they're going to do the content updates and the normal weekly updates. I think there's so much potential with the game and Rare being the company they are, they are a brilliant company and I just think that they're going to nail it. But it will be a future one. So there'll just be content, whatever, just releases, so on and so forth, rather than everything coming in one. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, Rare's a great company and they have been for a long time now. I mean, I don't know about you, but one of my favorite games from my childhood is Donkey Kong Country, which is one of their games. So. Oh, yeah. I think, honestly... I think one of my favourite games from them was Viva Piñata, and that's really embarrassing to say, because I don't know if you've ever played it. I haven't played that one, actually, but if you want to talk about it real quick. Honestly, you go around, and you're playing as almost an invisible character, and it's about gardening, but with piñatas, and you got to attract piñatas into your garden. <laughs> it's honestly, kind of funny, actually. It's, it's probably the most ridiculous game but it works so well because I think it came off of a cartoon originally, but it's such a good game. Like it's, it's just one of them. You can play it for hours and hours and hours. But it yeah. makes me actually think of plants versus zombies. I don't know if it's anything like that, but it's not because it's, uh, it's almost like a progression. So um, you can, you get the animals into your garden and whatever not. Right. And the more animals you get in, the higher your garden's worth. But you customise the garden to how you want it. And if you want specific animals in, you've got to have specific things to attract them in, if that makes sense. Interesting. That's kind of cool, though. Honestly, I'd, I'd highly recommend giving it a go. Genuinely. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. If you're looking for some more rare stuff to try, you know, try Viva Pinata or try Donkey Kong Country. Those are two great games we recommend, so. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but... Basically, I mentioned you have your YouTube channel, so do you want to talk about like what was the big game that kind of broke for you? Was it Destiny that kind of was your big game? 
If you want me to be 100% honest, it was actually Grand Theft Auto when it first came out. Interesting. The unbelievable thing about it was, is I think I got the game, it must have been about two weeks early. Don't ask me how, but somehow it popped up through my letterbox and I got it two weeks early. I uploaded some gameplay and it must have got at least a couple of million views within 24 hours. Genuinely. And then I woke up the next day and I had three copyright strikes from Rockstar. So, yeah, (laughs) that happened. (laughs) So I didn't get anything from it. And then I thought, right, I'm going to stop uploading GTA. And <laughs> literally, that a little bit scary, actually. Genuinely, I woke up and I thought, look, that was going to be a court order. I thought I was going to lose everything over two stupid videos where I just uploaded early gameplay. Right. But luckily, nothing came of it. And then that was when I decided Destiny. And Destiny, in some ways, is a similar game to Sea of Thieves. I don't know if any of you have played it, but it's literally just going around, killing stuff. It's a loot and shoot them. But everything content-wise makes the game better. The game, when it first comes out, isn't 100% amazing. But all of their content updates and being Bungie, the company they are, it is a wicked game and only gets better with its content drops. But um, yeah, I started uploading Destiny. And then pretty much after that, I went on to Sea of Thieves, where I am now. And I've been doing it, doing YouTube since 2011. Uh, It started off just as messing around pretty much uploading stupid clips glitches funny moments that kind of stuff but now i've just got more into it and it's it's just becoming a more of a hobby in my life and it's never anything serious and that's the good thing about it because i do genuinely enjoy doing it right yeah and that's the thing i mean as long as you enjoy doing it now it pushes you forward even more so most definitely I think when when I did start it, it was sort of a thing you saw these YouTubers and the first thing I ever saw was one of them silver YouTube plaques and as soon as I saw that, I was like, damn, I've got to try, I've got to try and do this. Like, that, seeing one of them genuinely gets me excited. Like, seriously. Yeah, I actually just saw um, Sea of Thieves just got their 100,000 subscriber plaque. Oh, yeah, speaking about them, yeah, they did, didn't they? Yeah, they just uh, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, congrats to Rare for that. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, it is wicked. It's definitely something that I want to try and achieve, whether I get it or not. Yeah, I hope you get that too. I mean, that'd be great. It would be awesome, genuinely. You need to get this podcast onto YouTube. Honestly, <laughs> I've actually been told that. I mean, I don't know a lot about the video side. I mean, maybe you can talk about that real quick a little bit, like the process of doing a video side because maybe some listeners don't know if they want to actually try that and i personally don't know myself i know a lot of audio but i don't know a lot of video honestly i think the best podcasts are the ones where it's a static image uh some of the podcasts to look at is the breaking podcast i believe it's called i believe it's called that but they just have a static image on screen and i say static it sort of moves slightly ever so slightly but you're listening to the audio, so essentially you don't need video, and I wouldn't recommend doing things such as adding gameplay, anything like that. The only things you can really do with the video side of it is either have your faces or have a static image, and that's just a personal opinion. I enjoy watching them more. 
like 100 percent okay so like basically just like a static image and then the audio goes over that and people actually like that genuinely yeah genuinely because with podcasts from my experience i would usually sit and chill out play a single player game maybe on the xbox i'd have an earphone in one ear listening to the podcast and every time someone shouts or someone does something i'd usually look at the screen um and if it's face cam then then you see what's going on if it's a static image you don't but you still right. feel like you're involved that's kind of cool though <laughs> You just randomly shout, hey, and then they're like, well, what, what happened? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that might work out, though. Oh, most definitely. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll definitely have to look into that then. I mean, it sounds like something that could work. You know, I I always was a little bit intimidated with the video part because I don't um, have like a capture card or anything to capture gameplay, so... But if Honest. you can actually just do a static image like that and make it work, then I, I could probably try something like that out. Yeah, genuinely. If you honestly look at some of the bigger podcasts, you'll see that they either have a static image or they do have their faces. That, that's genuinely the gist of it. And I mean, I think there is a app for it, a Google Hangouts, and that records the yes, audio on your face. So it's, it's pretty neat if you ever did want to try it on that but it is yeah it's pretty cool definitely sounds like it i mean and for anyone that is also looking to possibly start their own youtube what would you recommend they do if say they don't want just a static image and they want to actually have video personally it's i genuinely don't think you need to have like the greatest setup in the world like you see some videos they just take off whether they're good or not but the only thing i can say if you wanted to start up a youtube is do it as a hobby. Don't expect to get anything from it because if you expect, you won't get. And that is just the number one rule. But um, yeah, honestly, recording gameplay, just even if you're just enjoying footage, funny moments, upload it. If you want to do a podcast, do a podcast. Like It's genuinely worth trying. One of my friends I actually work with, he's actually just started his own YouTube. I told him because he's been looking at getting a gaming PC. And I said, right. you don't need a gaming PC to do it. Like, you just don't. As long as you've got some something, even if you're recording with your phone, some people still do that, and some people are still successful, but it's just a way of starting. <laughs> right, that, yeah, that definitely makes sense. It. I mean, I don't think you need, like, the top-of-the-line stuff to start. I mean, you just need, like, you know, stuff that'll give quality and then do it from there. Yeah, because I think most of it's personality. Like, right, I, th I think the the YouTubers I usually watch, you can relate to. And I think if you can relate to a YouTuber, you're more likely to tune into their videos. Yeah, I mean, most of the popular ones, you know, are, are like relatable or either they're super good at like the games they're playing. So like people watch to see like their skills in the game or sometimes a lot of them are funny and people watch because they're funny. Yeah, I mean, do you, do you watch PewDiePie often? I do, actually, yeah. He's pretty funny. I think you stay interacted with his videos, because, one, because he's funny, but the amount of transitions he has in his video, like he'll do, I don't know, loud music sometime, or he'll zoom in, change his screen to grey. Like, there's so many different things what happen, and it keeps you watching all the time. Like... I don't know, it's hard to explain. You don't ever know what's going to come next with him. No, definitely, and 
I think a lot of people make a good break that way. And I think one of the things that I've noticed from some of the big YouTubers that I've checked out where they talk about their success is a lot of them talk about how it's like timing. You just need like the right timing to actually hit something like kind of like you talked about with Grand Theft Auto. You seem to have found a little bit more success because you actually had some uh, uploaded gameplay early. Yeah, most definitely. It's definitely about timing. Like if I didn't upload Sea of Thieves like I did now, if I waited a year, guarantee all of them videos if they were relatable in a year's time less people would watch them because the game's only hot when it first comes out and exactly that's the thing about it it's like news you can't report on news a week later than when it's just first come out because it's old news then right no definitely i mean i think if it's based on news alone then you have to put that out right away if you're doing it on, say, gameplay, you might have a little bit more leeway, but you definitely want to have the right timing for whatever you're trying to do. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. Kind of like you said, if you're planning to do a YouTube based on a game and that game comes out in two months, you know, don't wait two months after it's already out. You know, try to get a video out or something when that game is first released. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, especially for things like tips and tricks collectibles right. all of that kind of stuff because that's what people want to see when the game first comes out if they want to find something they want to know where it is and if you're uploading two months later you've lost a click because somebody else has uploaded that two months prior <laughs> right and that they're going to find that person's video first because they're going to search it in youtube and be like oh this person already has a video perfect yeah, most definitely. I know a lot of people like, say, like achievement videos on how to get achievements, so that's an oh, option too. Yep, most definitely. Even to this day, I've recently downloaded Killing Floor, and it's basically a zombie shoot em, and they got collectibles in. Usually I'd say I'm pretty good at finding collectibles, but there's the odd map where I want to find them. So where do I go? YouTube. First video exactly. that comes up was the first ever one that was uploaded. <laughs> And there you go. That That's why you want to have the good timing, so. Yes. <laughs> but you talked about how you started this about like seven years ago. When you first started it, what kind of drove you to start it? Like what made you set up to actually make a YouTube? Um, it, it probably was at first when I was younger, because how many years? Seven years ago, I think I would have been 14 years old, I, I believe. 14? Sounds about right. I would have been 14 years old and it was money motivated. All of my friends were doing it. I did want to earn money because you hear about all the YouTube fame and success. (laughs) But when you start doing it, it is just a hobby. Like now I'm doing it. I've I've got a full time job at the same time. And when I come home, I'm like, right, I want to give people who watch my videos a brand new video on Sea of Thieves news or Destiny news. And if, I, if I'm not in the mood for it, I won't upload it. Just because if I am in a bad mood or if I've had a bad day at work, it's going to come across in the video. And that's just the way it is. Yeah, definitely. And I think those are things to take into account. I mean, I was just sick for like a week. And when you're sick or something, it, it obviously affects the audio too. So, Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially if say it's uh well say like you were sick if you got bad cough and you hear coughing every five seconds you're gonna click away from that video (laughs) right (laughs) 
hopefully I don't cough too much this because I'm not fully better yet, but I think I'm pretty good so far. It's going to start. You're going to start yeah. coughing now, aren't you? <laughs> Every two seconds just for you. <laughs> and I'll leave this. <laughs> but like you mentioned doing your videos for the news and everything. How much work would you say typically goes into one of those videos? Um... It would probably, recording-wise, it doesn't take too long. My videos aren't scripted, which is probably a bad idea. I think I definitely need to script them more, and that would probably take them up to a bit, little bit longer. But when you come to rendering a video, especially because I try and get it the highest quality settings, um, it will probably, the rendering itself probably takes about two hours. The thumbnails, probably half an hour. And the recording, I'd say, 45 minutes. So it's probably coming close to four hours, four hours, 15 minutes, roughly. And that's why I think a lot of people don't understand, too, though. I mean, they think they see all these videos. They're like, oh, wow, it's, I can do that in like a half hour. I mean, you have to actually put the time into it. So Most definitely. I mean, I when I do upload videos, I don't expect to be the best video that's out there. Like That's just not my aim. And I know full well that I'm not the best YouTuber and chances are I never probably will be <laughs> but um, when I upload a video I do it because I enjoy it the editing that's just because I find that's my best way of editing the stuff I put in is because I want to put that in it's, it's that kind of stuff I don't do anything to to become the best or or do anything to improve my videos so I don't have fun enjoying them it, like doing them and enjoying it if that makes any sense no it definitely does i mean i think along those lines is about like finding your own style because every other youtuber is going to have their their own style so it's about finding your style yeah no completely it because if i think if you do copy a youtuber people know that's, right. that's just the way it is you you will get told in that comment section or um because i do believe there's a youtuber called crow's nest and he uploads phenomenal youtube videos to yes, sea of thieves they they are 10 out of 10 like honestly anyone who's watching this if you do want the top sea of thieves youtuber i'd highly recommend him just because the quality and production that he goes to is is out of this world genuinely um but regardless he does them videos because that's his style he enjoys doing it like that and the good thing is you don't see him spam out videos Right. If people spammed out, if he did spam out videos, I think there'd be a lot less quality and they wouldn't be as enjoyable to watch. But that's just a personal opinion, I think. No, I think that definitely makes sense, though, because if you're putting out new videos like, okay, every day there's a video, 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 then I think people would actually get a little bit more tired of that. But if you have it like a set schedule that's a little bit more i'd say drawn out then i think people will it'll leave them wanting more yeah yeah most definitely and obviously him i'd say mainly being news he's quite quick to it but he sort of uploads it in bulk so maybe he'll wait a week and he'll have all of the news rounded up for that week whereas someone like me as soon as there's news out i'll upload that and then i'll upload another video on this another video on this but um, I think it just depends what type of style you like watching personally. Right, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I think he's definitely quick with the news. I think you are as well. And also, I don't know if you've seen Richie SH, but he's pretty quick with the news as well. I don't think I have. 
and that's yeah, he no... does see of these videos too so i'm gonna have to check him out because i i I enjoy watching, I genuinely do enjoy watching other YouTubers because when I do see that type of stuff, what they do do, it sort of gives me some ideas on what I could do better in that sense. But it's yeah, yeah. definitely check him out. He, he has some great Sea of Thieves videos too. His channel is basically all Sea of Thieves right now. So, no, I definitely have to. But along those lines of like having a channel dedicated to one thing or multiple things. I know you do Destiny and Sea of Thieves, so if you decided to cover something else, like how does that process work for you? How do you decide, okay, I want to cover this game or I don't want to cover this game? Firstly, it has to be something I enjoy. If I didn't enjoy a game, I wouldn't do it. I, I, like I said before, I'm not into anything because of the views or the money. If, right. I'd only do it if it suited my audience as well. So Destiny and Sea of Thieves, very similar in the sense... There's kind of loot them, shoot them's obviously different aspects to that. One of them, Sea of Thieves. So you're in the sea, you got standard weapons, but you earn money to buy your loot. Destiny, sort of the same. You can get some a, a currency in that where you can buy your loot. You can also get a loot drops. So they've got to be similar to what I mainly cover because they, I think they're the games that I mostly enjoy as well. And if you do upload them, your the people who do follow you or watch you they'll usually tune into them videos because they'll also get the same kind of games if that makes sense no definitely say that um listeners like find a game that's a little bit similar but maybe you haven't heard of yet or something and they actually approach you and say hey are you going to cover this game would it actually pique your interest to possibly check that game out 100 percent there's there there has been some times where I have bought some games where people have said, look, they're quite good. Maybe I've downloaded it, played it. If I didn't enjoy it, I wouldn't upload it. And then I would genuinely go back to that comment and say, it's a good game, but I, I can't upload it just because it doesn't suit my style. I don't enjoy it. And I don't know enough about it. Cause I no, think, it definitely makes sense, though. I think being news as well is sort of hard. If um, Say, like... Do you, have you played a lot of the Call of Duty zombies trying like doing them Easter eggs like the? I have played a lot of the Call of Duty zombies. I just haven't done a lot of the Easter eggs. For me, that's not really my style to do the Easter eggs as much. But yeah, see, that's the thing. It's like I would never ever be able to make a video on them, like because they they've got to take hours hours of trying to actually explain where to go, what to grab, what to do. And I think some games, if that gets recommended to me, I sort of get that process where I have to find out what I have to do, what I have to get before I can give that out to other people in that sense. It's, I just find it a lot harder to, to get my head around some games that I don't personally look into myself. No, I definitely understand that. I mean, I know personally how my take is, like say for the podcast, obviously this podcast is based on all gaming, even though we haven't released a ton of games yet. But if a listener wanted to approach me and, you know, offer up, hey, why don't you cover this game? I probably do the same thing as you where I check the game out. And if it's not for me, I might do like a one off episode, you know, just talk about it for 20 minutes. But I probably wouldn't talk about it, you know, continuously kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's the thing. If 
Because if you don't enjoy it, it it does come across in a podcast or on a video that you don't enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, I'd definitely be up for, like, say a quick review of it and talk about, you know, the good and bad points of it. But if you don't enjoy it, it's hard to actually keep doing videos and podcasts about that. Yeah, most definitely. I think the best word for it is feeling forced. In in a sense, if somebody asks for it and let's say you get a thousand views and 500 likes and all the comments are good and if you don't enjoy that game and you're just doing it for the views or doing it for the people that are watching it will come across worse every single time because you're not enjoying yourself the viewers they're gonna see that and it just gets worse <laughs> which i actually think that kind of happened with my former co-host for this podcast because he kind of was feeling forced with sea of thieves so it wasn't really going to make sense for him to keep coming on too often he might come back at some point but at the moment he still feels that the game is forced for him so if it's not making sense for him then you know why would he come on and do a show about it and just talk about how much he's not enjoying it yeah no that's exactly the thing and i mean that's sort of why i come on because i absolutely love the game (laughs) yes and this is even before all the content comes out i mean after all that rest of the content comes out i'll be even more enjoying it so Oh, most definitely. And I really, really cannot wait for it all. <laughs> for sure. But do you have anything else you want to tell people about your YouTube or about how that process came about for you? The The way it came about was... Have you ever heard of a game called Saints Row? No, I haven't. Uh, there was a Saints Row one and there was grud- grudge matches going on. So you'd face a player... And I sort of got into that, I uploaded that, and that's pretty much how I started, 100% started YouTube. But obviously after that, all the glitches, whatever not. But yeah, it was fun. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like it. You definitely made it pretty good, so. (laughs) I'd say definitely keep up the great work. I mean, I've been enjoying your videos. I appreciate it, genuinely. (laughs) I think that's one of the things to keep in mind for anyone that's looking to start either whether it be youtube or a podcast or whether you're starting a twitch or whatever just keep in mind that years down the line people might discover your videos so if you give up before people actually have the chance to discover you then it's not going to suit you in the long run so i mean if you just keep at it then people will discover you years later and then you'll have new listeners that way yeah most definitely i I completely agree with that and i think you should only stop doing it if you don't enjoy doing it if you're enjoying doing it and you're not getting the views keep doing it because the views don't matter it's about what you enjoy doing right definitely and like we said earlier it's about timing too i mean you could be doing it for two years and you know have a pretty small viewership but something breaks the right way for you you know some kind of lucky break and all of a sudden you could be getting a lot of views so you never know yeah most definitely similar to how this podcast is gonna go (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I hope so. <laughs> <We'll see. laughs> I believe in it. I have faith. I genuinely do. Well, thank you. I, I enjoy this podcast. So, yeah, I, I genuinely do think you're doing a brilliant job. Well, thank you. I, I think you are as well. So <laughs> hopefully there's good success for us both. <laughs> but yeah, we did mention that today we're going to talk about the art book. So we can kind of get into that a little bit. If you don't mind. Yep. So yeah, with this art book, um, overall, I think it's a great art book. It has a lot of cool and interesting artwork in it. And 
definitely some teases that we're going to talk about. I definitely love the art book overall. I don't know if you feel the same way about it. Most definitely. I think the concept art itself, it looks amazing. And 100%, everything that is in this art book, I personally believe is going to be in the game. I agree. I mean, I don't think they put it in there. And if it wasn't going to be in the game, I mean, there obviously is a chance that, you know, it was early concept stuff that they scrapped, but... I don't really think they'd take that approach and tease something that they actually scrapped, so I don't think that'd be in there. No, and and I believe there's so many good ideas in the book itself that it just would not make sense to release the book and have everybody looking through this book to not release everything, or, or 90% of the things, let's say, what is in the book, because they are too good to just be concept art. Right, definitely, and... I don't know if you remember this or not, but the art book was actually supposed to release when the game did, but they pushed it back another week. And me personally, I kind of speculate that they pushed it back another week because there's stuff teasing there they didn't want people to know about that first week. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with that. Completely. uh, I think that's probably why I was pushed back. So that kind of gives me hope that, you know, some of this cool stuff in here is actually going to be coming to the game. Yeah, and that's it. I think maybe when they did push it back maybe there was stuff what was taken out or stuff what was adjusted to hide a few things what could actually be coming in the future right. definitely but you talked about some of the great artwork that's actually in here i wanted to talk about probably my favorite piece of artwork from the entire book mine comes from page 18 basically the caption for it is a crew of pirates scavenge for supplies in a wrecked ship, unaware that the original crew are still aboard. And I actually really like this image. I mean, obviously, people listening can't see it. But basically what it is, is like these four pirates, they're going through a shipwreck. The water's all around them. But unbeknownst to them, there's actually two skeleton pirates coming up right behind them. So I think that really, this whole image really encompasses what Sea of Thieves is. Because it encompasses the exploration, the danger, you know, kind of the cool water effects in the game it just encompasses the entire game this one image i think because it has the danger it has the exploration it has the fantasy so that's why i really love this image personally most definitely and it does look phenomenal like the art itself and not just this picture alone but this picture in particular and i do agree with you it does look phenomenal yeah i mean i would definitely recommend getting the art book overall but even if you don't get the art book overall i would definitely check out this one image at least because i think this one image is amazing and i know rarest at least a lot of those um lithograph like art prints on their website i really hope they release this one at some point because this is one i would definitely want to have my wall yeah i was actually looking at a few of them as well they are so so good and don't they come signed as well signed and number printed i believe I believe they're signed by the artist, yeah, so, so yeah. which is really cool. I, I know that um, some of these images that are lithographs actually are in the art book, so hopefully this one will come at some point as well. Yeah, I really do hope so. But do you have a favorite art piece that you want to talk about from the book, or do you not really have a favorite one? Personally, it is the one that we actually did speak about before the podcast, and that is the potion one, purely because I think the concept of it and the art of the the NPC, what it would be itself, is just phenomenal. It's almost like this this chubby person, should we say. I can't tell if it's a man or a woman. It is just the chubby person. 
Um, I'm not <laughs> not trying to cause any gender issues, but um, wearing like this big trench coat and almost a, a rough, rough around the edges character, black lipstick, black eyeliner, and a tattoo on the face. And you can see she's got a pipe, or he is holding a pipe. And it's got like this liquid coming out of it, or or gas, and just the art style of it just looks phenomenal. And the potions that they do detail at the bottom of the page, they say about having ingredients for these potions, and they have like the picture of bat wings, all of that kind of stuff. And it just, in general, looks really, really cool. Yeah, definitely. I think they put a lot of detail into this, and that's just really cool. And if anyone does want to know, page 47 is where you find that potion seller, so... That's I'm glad you know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did write down a lot of page numbers. I don't have all of them, but so. <laughs> but yeah, page 47 is where you find that. It's gorgeous how they designed that. They also have like all the other ones that are in the game. You have like the shipwright and everything like that too. But obviously, since we haven't seen the potion seller yet, I think that's one that's, you know, really draws your eye too. Yeah, very interesting as well. It was in the beta, like the the shop itself you could go into in the beta and that's that's what's strange about this but it's got to be coming into the game yeah i know you just did a video talking about that as well on your channel and i think it will be coming in as well because i do remember that like you said in the betas where you could go up there and find that empty room where the potion seller might have been originally in the betas uh because the order of souls wasn't in there I actually thought, oh, maybe that's where the Order of Souls is going to be. But I didn't know it was going to be two separate vendors there. So that's actually kind of cool. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing, because where it is blocked off, it it just looks like, why would they have this space just there for no reason? It, right. it wouldn't make sense to, if they was going to get rid of it, they would have got rid of the building and just put the, the Order of Lost Souls there. They, they yeah, I mean, them. and I think it ties in really well with the Order of Souls. That's probably why it's upstairs. Yeah, because I think that does mix in because the the NPC themselves for the Lost Order of Souls do look mysterious, mystique, and obviously when when this area was in the beta, it sort of was witchcrafty. You almost had like a crafting station. You looked on the table, there was a couple of dice dice there which said six six six, which could be related to witchcraft, all of that kind of stuff. So it it would it would link up very well. No, definitely. And for anyone that's not specifically following along, um, just to make it clear, the Order of Souls, where that is basically at the bottom in that purple tent, if you go up the little staircase, that's where the potion seller was supposed to be. So just so that is a little bit clearer. But yeah, but yeah, I mean, I think the potion seller come to the game would be a great thing. I do think it is coming to the game at some point. Who knows when? But do you have any ideas for some really cool potions that they could have? I think there was data mind ones. There was the um, cure, which would cure poison. There was resurrect, where you could, well, from the sounds of it, resurrect a teammate when they do go down or something like that, instead of them having to go and respawn and go through that process, which can sometimes take a little while. And also a, a healing potion. So if you haven't got bananas, you could use that as a almost like a secondary backup supply, which would heal you to full health, depending on on what your health is at, type of thing. And I think there there could be some other potions. Yeah, I think those would be great additions to the game. And I don't think any of those would really be game breaking either, because those are all kind of like the normal things you'd see. And 
I don't really think there'd be a way to abuse those too much. I don't know if you feel that way as well. I think they they would fit very well, but I would really, really like more potions than just the standard ones. And I wouldn't like this to be... Because there was talk about these being in the premium shop, which I think would be wrong. I think everyone needs access to these. And I agree, yeah. Because if, if someone has got these potions, then that, that just makes an advantage in PvP. Right, definitely. I think that's the thing that's key is they when they actually bring the potion seller in, if they do indeed do that, they have to make it so it's not giving someone an advantage that someone else can't obtain. That's the main thing. So, Yeah, that's completely it. And I think, again, if they do put stuff in which is too overpowered, that would be, you know, too overpowered. But they don't want to just stick to the plain old stuff, I don't believe. I mean, potions that could make you possibly swim quicker, I think that would be a good addition. But then on the other hand, if you're a pirate chasing that person, you'd also need that potion. Like it's right. It's it's hard. It'd be really hard to to think of what potions could go into the game. But there's endless possibilities. Yeah, I mean, along the lines of what you just said, the one I was thinking would be really cool would be basically like called a speed potion or something. And say you're on your ship, you know, use a speed potion for your ship. Your ship actually sails a little faster or something. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, that'd be wicked. Like, say you're being chased, like, you know, you use a speed potion to kind of get away from the person chasing you a little bit. Yeah, and that's the thing that'd be so helpful. Like, if you've just right. done a skull fort, <laughs> you'd make sure that you have one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Of course, though, like, as we say this, I mean, Rare would just have to make sure it's balanced enough that it's not going to be game-breaking, because if someone just stocks up on, you know, 10 speed potions or whatever... They just do a skull fort, pop ten of those. They're at the outpost immediately. You know what I mean, so like, <laughs> yeah, that's, so that's you, it. You wouldn't really be able to have that because I mean, that would obviously break the game at that point. So they'd have to like have some way to cap it if they're doing something like that. Maybe like only one speed potion at a time or whatever it is. So yeah, and I think that is the problem that they're going to have with that because right again, they they can't just have the plain simple stuff because I mean, resurrecting is cool, but you can respawn, which yeah, the resurrection had cut out a little bit of time, but not not a great deal. And I mean, the cure potion, you you already sort of with the poison with the snakes, it doesn't last too long. And it's it's weird. It's it's I don't know how they're gonna go about it, but I do think that they're gonna do a good job if it does come into the game. I agree. I definitely trust them to do a good job with it. I mean, I just think they have to be careful though if they go into areas like say there's potions that deal more damage or something because i think that's a risky area to head into because that could be used very easily yeah see speaking about that actually it's i've i've always believed in progression systems in games and obviously this doesn't have one but i genuinely believe you should be able to level up your gear and level up your weapons and when you do level them up i think you should get damage boosts but only to non-player skeletons and non-player enemies actually i think that might work out i mean i would say definitely not towards other players because you could have somebody that you know just started the game today when you've been playing for a year and it wouldn't really be fair to them but i think for non-player characters and skeletons and things that actually would be fair probably yeah i mean i can understand in some aspects some players if you're if you've got another crew on the island that you're going to they might struggle a little bit more if they've got lower gear. 
but I think if you work that hard to get higher gear, it's sort of it's sort of fair in a sense. If if right. you're working hard to level your stuff up, then you deserve to be rewarded in some aspects. Yeah, I mean, I would say it'd be okay to do that if they contain it to voyages, maybe. Things like, say, like the Hungering Deep, I don't think it would be fair still to have that apply to Retas because other players are going to be going to take out that threat as well. And if you have an advantage on that threat that they don't have, then I think that would kind of make an imbalance. But if it's just for your personal voyages, I think that wouldn't be an imbalance, really. Yeah, that's actually a really good point there. I think being on the voyages would definitely be fair and it it would help out. There'd be no no risk of it being unfair to towards other players. So I think that would right. be really awesome. Because, like, say the Kraken attacks you or something and... Or say what you're doing is you're chasing a ship, and while you're chasing that ship, the Kraken attacks you. Basically, the ship you're chasing, that ship is kind of counting on that Kraken to slow you down enough. If you have a damage advantage, you can kill that Kraken faster. So I think it would be fair in that situation that it doesn't apply in those situations. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely so like have it, to work around it. It wouldn't apply it. to, like, the Kraken or, like, bosses like that, but... I think it'd be perfectly fair to like say, oh, I'm on Order of Souls quest. You know, I can actually hit these skeletons a little bit harder. Yeah. No, that's it. I definitely think that would be a really cool feature. They just have to make sure that they work around when people are just having a voyage on and then, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Right. Because personally, if I had that situation, I know I'd just stick a voyage on and I would just not complete it and I'd go around chasing people who've just done skull forts <laughs> you know how it is <laughs> yeah see that's how they'd have to like somehow make it tied to the voyage i don't know how they do that in the back end of the systems but they'd have to find a way that people can't abuse that where like it only applies to stuff specifically for that void or something like that yeah most definitely or say you're like doing a merchant's voyage and you're collecting chickens, like if skeletons pop up on that island where you're collecting chickens, like it applies to those skeletons, but it wouldn't apply to their staff. I don't know how hard that to be to do in the back end. I mean, it might be pretty hard to do that. So this might be a little bit of a hard ask for them, but I would say it's definitely cool if they can do it. Yeah, I mean, let's wait and see. I mean, glitch wise, I know there was the merchant glitches what have been going on, but they've been fixing them pretty well. I think there's been like three or four glitches where you could sort of cheese it and get as many crates as you want and as many uh, animals, whatever not. But they've done a pretty good job of like fixing them them cheats, which is good. Yeah, definitely. I know they've made the one now where they only have a limited stock of voyages, so they run out of voyages after a certain time, so that kind of solves a little bit of that. Yeah, and I mean, there was a a new Merchant one which was out for about a week, I believe it was. And what actually happened, it was where people could grab the voyages, free voyages. And obviously, if you're in a team of four, you can get 12 voyages from the Merchant. You grab all the crates, you load your ship up, then you go to another island. You fill your ship up with crates again, and you keep doing it until you've looted all of the outposts. And then you'd go back deliver um i think it was a certain a, vo- a certain voyage your last voyage is what you had and then once you've done that everything every other voyage that you would complete would only go to one outpost i believe it was yeah so you only had to hand all of your animals to one outpost 
which it it was unreal because the amount of coin that you could get from it was ridiculous. Which is good that they're actually solving stuff like that too. I mean, I know I. It's been a long time since I did it, but I think like the first week of launch, I actually did something a little similar to that, which my crew and I called the chicken tactic, where like you just load up on different kinds of chickens that way you have all the types you need. So yeah, no, that it's a similar method to that, but if you the only chickens that you get were golden and black and right. if you were to get a snake you'd only get a golden snake and you wouldn't bother with the pigs purely because they take your banana supply and whatever not and if you got a voyage where it said let's say two golden chickens and a golden snake you've pretty much just got 5k in gold there roughly and if you got let's say two pink pigs you just cancel that voyage and stick another one down and wait till you get the golden animals and you'd only collect golden animals yeah it definitely makes sense i mean just i'm glad that they're actually fixing stuff like that that way it keeps the game a little bit more honest yeah i know not everyone loves the merchants i mean i personally do but for the people that don't you know i do get why it kind of sucks maybe but <laughs> i like it but i think it's the most time consuming and i think they personally i think they need to add more stuff to it so i think fishing would be a cool addition that kind of stuff um maybe because i know there was talk about adding a kraken merchant where you'd go out kraken hunting but whether that could be tied into the merchant itself would be pretty cool well i think there's actually some clues right in the art book to some more trading factions so we can kind of get into those in a second but sounds good to me But um, right at the start of the app book, it does talk about like some of the different character models they tried out. I don't have any you know, particular notes on those. It's definitely cool to check out. But um, they have like some really cartoonish ones that are kind of funny to look at that they basically looked at all different types of how they possibly are going to make a character. So it's definitely cool to check out, but nothing like two in particular that's interesting, I don't think. But I think where it gets really interesting is when you get to page 35, they start talking about some of the different clothing styles and i think this gives a lot of insight into what they could actually have for different clothing coming to the game later on or it could even be new regions coming to the game because i'll just kind of go through some of them basically this is the text that it says in the game for these different types page 35 there's sea of plunder it says the pl- bountiful sea of plunder was to introduce players to the world clothing here would be traditional stylist attire suitable for budding pirates there's devil's roar in this wild region clothes would be fashioned from environmental resources layers of ragged leather fleece and hide are stitched roughly together to create a rugged garment sea of the five winds this is personally my favorite and i really hope this one makes into the game but it says for this one the sea of the five winds takes inspirations from cultures throughout east asia these images explore fusion between those cultures and the hallmarks of pirate apparel and the last one they actually introduce is Sea Soro, which says clothing from the gloomy fog cloak Sea Soro mixes monochromatic palettes and somber motifs with traditional gothic designs, creating clothing that inspires dread and apprehension. So I don't know if you've seen these, but I think it's definitely really interesting to check out and I would love to see these come to the game. Most definitely. And I think that is the good thing about the art book because they have actually implemented some of the stuff since release which again just gives more evidence that more of the things from the art book could come into the game and 
that obviously being with the clothing, I really, really do hope that every single piece of that clothing does make it into the game because they do look awesome. Yeah, I agree. And again, the Sea of the Five Winds, I think it's just so cool the way the clothing looks. Like on page 39, they have like six characters dressed up in it. And it's really cool because it has like, you know, some really nice dark reds contrasted with some, I guess, a little bit darker blues. And it's very cool. They have like a, I don't know exactly how you describe the hat, but it's sort of like a Mexican sombrero hat on one of them, which is kind of interesting. So yeah, I think it's really cool the things that they could actually introduce with this. Yeah, most definitely. Again, I think the possibilities are endless. And I think especially if they add um, ways that you could dye your clothing just to change the color. Again, I think that would be a really awesome feature. Right. And I think basically like how we have the sea dog set um the admiral sets right now i think these could just be like all new sets you know okay this is the devil's roar set and they just say yeah a new set of stuff came to the company today you know see the five winds came out today or whatever it is or see a sorrow i think they could just introduce it just like that just like they did with the last sets yeah most definitely hopefully that's coming sometime in the future i mean like we said, I don't think they'd have it in here if it wasn't coming at some point in the future, but I mean, I guess we could be wrong on that, but I definitely hope to see all this. Yeah, and I, I think that, again, referring back to what has come into the game from the book, I think there is a high possibility that there could be so much more coming from the book into the game. It just wouldn't make sense to, to keep it all in the book. Yeah, I agree, and... Going further in the book a little bit, they do get into the non-player characters. We already talked a great deal about the potion seller, which was very cool, I think. But one of the other ones that I think is really interesting that they kind of introduced in the art book is on page 51, there's a picture of a bounty dealer, which this is kind of what I referred to a little bit earlier, that this could possibly be a new trading company. And I don't know if you've read the lore book, but there's mention of a I guess, group called the Twisted Knife in that lore book. So I think this could tie in together maybe where the bounty dealer is something that you go to him and he gives you a bounty, whether it's like, okay, go take out the Kraken or go take out another player. I think this could be a whole new trading company that they could introduce at some point. That would be really cool. And reading that point, when I did actually read that, when I saw this vendor, because I have read up on the group itself as well, the vendor seems like he could actually add bounties onto specific players themselves, which I think would so be well, amazing. Because yeah. if you saw a player and let's say it highlighted his last location and it would say he's dry, he's sailing a sloop or sailing a galleon and what his galleon looks like, you could go out and hunt them, which again, I just think would be absolutely amazing. And you have to come back with a certain piece of gear he was wearing or or something that was on his ship to prove that you've killed him. Or, if you don't have it, maybe any anybody else in the game knows where you are from, from once you've killed him. And they can come and grab that piece of item to say they've actually done it. Something like that would just be really cool. But Right, yeah, like maybe when you go to him to get a bounty, he'll give you like a picture of a ship that's in your server and you have to go try and find that ship or something. Yeah. Really cool. I think that just works so well. It it would also be like kind of time sensitive in its own right. They wouldn't even have to give you a time on it because maybe when that picture comes out, 
that ship is notified. So, like, if that ship makes it to an outpost to switch their colors fast enough, you might not know it's them. Yeah, and then if they do that quick enough, then they'd be rewarded with right, what the yeah. bounty was. Something like that would be awesome. That'd be kind of a cool way to play around with that. I mean, I definitely think, whereas the potion seller, I think it's clearly, like, a vendor in the same way that the weapons dealer was. I think the bounty dealer definitely applies to a new trading company. I don't see... I mean, maybe there's a way they can incorporate it where it's just a strict vendor, but I think it has to be a new trading company altogether, I I would think. Most definitely. I really hope it is as well. But also on that same page, there's another vendor that I think is a new vendor. It's, it says the map seller and tattoos on page 51, which I think would be really interesting to have this. I don't know where they'd have this shop if they did bring it in, but I think it'd be really cool if you could actually purchase tattoos or purchase maps. I don't really know how the maps would play in too much yet, but maybe when they start introducing new regions, like, say, Forsaken Shores, you could buy a new map of that region that, like, details it even more. Yeah, I think when I was actually reading some of the things that had been data mined, there was actually tattoo editing as well as getting haircuts. So if you wanted to change the hairstyle of your character, and you could also change the scarring, because I know when you start the game, you can your pirate may have some certain scarring that you might not have wanted, but they were the best-looking pirate in the pirate selection thing, if that makes sense. Right. But, um, yeah, I do believe that they will add that, because it's something that you that you want. Little bits of customization like that. And there is actually a page in the art book with all of the tattoos, tattoo design, should we say, that they actually had. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's really cool to look at some of those. I think... Probably a little bit of the holdback with that is it's probably a little bit difficult for them to assign the mechanics for that because say you have a tattoo dealer, people are going to want to be like, oh, I want this tattoo. Let me place it on my left hand. Let me place it on my back. Like it's probably a little bit difficult mechanically to get that to be placed wherever the player wants it. So when it's first introduced, they might have to do it like a way that's a little bit more simplified, maybe here's your back tattoos, here's your arm tattoos, and you have to choose between those sections, maybe? Yeah, I think that would be a good way of doing it. I think because when people do customise them the way they want and make them as big as they want, I think it just gets a little bit ridiculous. Like, right. Because if you can stretch that tattoo out, you could stretch it out so much just to make your arm fully go black. Or, or, or something right. like that. Like, it would just get ridiculous. Yes, yeah, so I think Rare would have to, like, monitor a little bit because obviously the way they designed the IPG, they want everyone's pirate to be different. So they probably don't want to have everyone having the same exact tattoos, like, blown up to the same way or something like that. So, yeah. And speaking about the tattoos as well, there was actually talks about when the Kraken vendor was coming into the game or when they was going to put him in the game. They said they might implement features in where you actually do this and kill the Kraken. You would actually get a Kraken tattoo. So almost like an achievement trophy type thing. You get awarded for doing certain milestones, which I think would be a really cool idea. Yeah, that definitely would be cool. I mean, and I think that is something they plan to. They said that there's going to be a reward for actually doing it. So I think they are in that mindset where they're going to start having rewards for these things. Yeah, and I mean, there's so much, so many things that they could reward, and my personal opinion on what I think they should reward is, you know, you have the commendations for each vendor. 
Yes. I think every milestone you complete a commendation, you should get something awarded to you, whether it's a, a bucket or whatever. Not. I know you can purchase some, but it would be cool to sort of show off, look, I've done this commendation. No, I agree. I would this. love that too. That's one thing I've kind of been missing because like, I like actually doing the combinations, but all you really get from it is just a little bit of rep boost. I mean, I would like something besides a little tiny bit of rep boost. Yeah. And that's the thing, because it's it's endless what they could reward you with. And it would be cool to show off, oh, look, I've got this diamond-encrusted bucket that I've got from this commendation type of thing. Like, yeah, it would right, be wicked. Even if it's not, like, automatically given to you, it, they could just have it where, like, some of the stuff is, okay, you have to be level 48 in the Merchant's Alliance to unlock this. It could be something like that where you have to have you have to have a combination four on everything to unlock this like special, you know, merchant's item or this special order of souls item. They could have something like that. Yeah. And again, people would buy into that stuff as well. It would make people go, Oh, look at this. This this belt looks amazing. I'm gonna get all of my stuff to commendation level two just to get this. Right, again. yeah, I think that would be a cool way to entice players to actually go for the accommodations because I know personally, um, say the Gold Horrors, for example, I haven't done a lot of the Gold Horrors accommodations just because I'm not as big of a fan of them, so I don't have as many combinations for them as I have for the other two. Yeah, I think that's... Yeah. I'm, but I mean, say there was that. this really special Gold Horrors thing, like, get all of your Gold Horrors combinations maxed out, you get this super awesome, like, golden attire or like you know this whole gold outfit that you can wear or something i'd be like oh well that's kind of interesting maybe i want to actually go for those so gold holders <laughs> level 50 in one day <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it would be cool i mean it's definitely a way to actually go for that or say like what the merchants actually wear you know what the gold hoarder wears when you talk to him or like maybe what the order of souls person wears when you talk to them maybe that would be a way to get their outfits where like in order to get the outfits of the, the actual vendors, you have to actually get your combinations all the way up. Maybe that'd be a way to do that. Yeah, that would be a really cool idea. Well, hopefully Rare's listening and, you know, they think of some of these things, but... <laughs> they definitely are. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> but a couple of the other NPCs that are shown in here, we have Blind Bob, who is the tavern musician. We have the fairy captain who's the fairy captain of the damned, obviously. <laughs> and then we have the pirate lord, who is basically supposed to be a counterpart to the uh, ghost captain, and he is in the Legends Tavern. I think the pirate lord stuff is most interesting to look at because we don't see him in a game as often unless you're obviously a legend already. Um, it's definitely cool to see like how they actually broke down the characters, though, because they take away... They give you like a full picture of the character, but it also takes it away piece by piece and kind of shows how they design the pieces. That's really cool. Yeah. No, it is really amazing how they've actually designed some of the stuff in there. I mean, like just for example, with the fairy captain, they actually have a picture of his chest basically without any clothes. And there's a big hole in the middle of it. So it kind of like gives you the idea like, oh, that's how he died. He got like a blunderbuss to the chest or something. So. Yeah, and it makes you sort of think with all of the... Because they're on about adding more ghosts into the game, or, or I believe that's what they said, and it would be cool to learn more about how they died, where their location was, and is there anything behind 
how they died. Like, could you find a certain treasure piece or a certain piece of clothing what they was wearing? Like, just story-based type things. Right, definitely. And I think that kind of ties into a little bit of, like, the scars we were talking about earlier, because if you could, like, have a scar to represent, you know, a certain battle you have with someone, like, oh, wow, that was a really good battle, you know, they slashed me in the back a couple times with a sword, I want, like, a scar on my back now to, you know, indicate that. Yeah, and that's the thing, maybe they could implement a replay system where you could actually go back to that that type of, I don't know, maybe if you did find these ghosts, let's say, and it would show you maybe talking to them, and you'd touch their scar, and you'd be able to relive that moment that they was in when they Oh, that'd be really cool, actually. Like stuff like that would be amazing, and it would add story to the game. Definitely, and I mean, like, say you saw a ghost that this ghost like has no shirt on but has like scars all over his body. You'd be like, "Whoa, he has a lot of stories to tell." You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, and it make you want to go and do it. Make you right, want to see what happened. I think there the possibilities are endless with this game, like how they could actually interpret everything. So I think it's really cool to see what they're gonna do. Most definitely. But the next thing they kind of get into is the Merfolk, which is very cool to see some of the ones we don't see in the game, because currently all we see is just the ones that bring you back to the ship. But um, as it is stated in the lore book, those are basically supposed to be, like, I guess the least intelligent out of the Merfolk. Yeah. Again, I think that they just look unbelievable. (laughs) And I can't wait to see... Because... They're, they're sort of mermaid-looking, aren't they? The the enemy itself. Right. How does that tie in? Because we speak to that mermaid who gets us back to our ship. Is he related to them in some way? Like, what's the deal with that? <laughs> I don't know if you've read the lore book fully. I mean, in there they kind of get some clues as to what that might have been. I think what those ones are are basically former pirates that were just kind of basically forced into being mermaids so i think that's what they are okay because there's a point in the book it talks about like a little poem that they get wrapped in silver skin and then you're one of them oh right so i think it's basically <laughs> pirates that became merfolk that's very interesting because again there's so much that goes into this yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> like and if you don't actually look at, like, the art book or the lore book, you wouldn't actually know some of these cool things that, like, could be coming. So I think it's definitely important to note that because a lot of people always complain about the content. Like, there's so much content that is obviously coming that, you know, I wouldn't be worried about content personally. Most definitely. And I think with the book itself, and I know people complain about the content, but the content is in the book. When you read the law book and when you have a look over the art book, you can see what what they have gone to, what they have made in the game, whether it is coming, whether it's not, whether it's been tested, whether it's not, what the efforts that they have gone into to make sure that this game is a good game and make sure that it is going to last with the content that does come into it. Right, I agree. And I, I think it's definitely going to last a long time because... Just in the stuff at the very release, there's so much already. And, I mean, that's only the stuff we know about at the moment. There's probably so much more we don't even know about that they're playing. Yeah, and that's it. I mean, all of the stuff that could be in the art book could be planned. And then, let's say, because they have already stated that what we're getting is year one content. 
if they're stating it as year one content, that 100% pretty much confirms that there is going to be a year two for content. So right, definitely. There, there's got to be so much more things coming. And I brilliant. know they want this to be a games as service too. Like I think they want this to be not a game where you have like say like Destiny we we're talking about earlier. I don't think they want to have a Destiny two. I think they want to have Sea of Thieves and that be the one game and they just keep releasing content for it. Yeah, and that's the thing because once once more content does come out, the sixty dollar price tag or the fifty pound price tag, whatever you guys paid for it, it doesn't seem bad. Because you've got your right. money's worth with all of the free content which they've promised, and everything that does come out for the game, it, it becomes worth it. And the good thing about this game is, regardless if you play it for 500 hours or 5 hours, you'll always be able to come back with all of the new content releases and updates, because there will always be something new to do. Definitely. I mean, say this game goes on for like 5 years or whatever it is, I mean... At that point, five years of free content releases, like, I'd almost feel like I'm ripping them off at that point, you know what I mean? So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's the best way of looking at it. <laughs> so, I definitely wouldn't be worried about content, I mean, there's so much coming to this game. Like, yeah. just, the, just the merfolk, I mean, on page 60, there's a design, and it says, perch for a quick entry into the sea, this is a mermaid in attack mode, and like... It's in black and white, but even in black and white, it looks like so frightening. It's like, wow, this is really going to be cool. We actually have to fight these people. Yeah. I mean, that's it. And the the endless stuff that they could do with them kind of creatures. Like, I mean, when you're getting chased by a shark, you never know you're being chased by a shark until a teammate says, or you get bitten. And when you do get bitten, it, it's got to be one of the scariest things. Yeah. <laughs> I know personally, like, as, as many times as I get bitten, I always jump every time. I'm like, oh, shit, a shark. I'm like, damn yeah. it. <laughs> and then as soon as you do get bitten, then you get the little bit of music. And depending yeah. on what your health is like, you're like, oh, I've got to drop this chest, eat a banana. <laughs> Turn around and you've been bitten again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's the cool thing about this game. There's always surprises like that. And I think there's only more coming. So, Yeah. And that's that's the best way of looking at it. I mean, like you have like the Merfolk layer that like is shown in here as well, and I think that's going to be really cool to actually check out more when they are actually in the game more. Yeah, and that's the exciting thing because being the creatures that they are, I really want to find out what is hiding with them. Because reading through the law book, you obviously heard about the that chest, the the cursed chest. And I know a lot of people are speculating that to be the chest of sorrows. I I don't think it is. I personally believe that the cursed chest is something special. What what could be introduced into the game at some point? Which cursed chest? It's literally called the cursed chest in the lore book. See, yeah, reading through the whole lore book, I know exactly what that is. So I don't want to spoil it, but okay, yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely not the chest of sorrows. I can say that for sure. It's definitely not. It's way different. Yeah. So I think so many people speculate it to be the the chest of sorrows, which I don't get. Honestly, yeah, it, it looks one hundred percent not. I mean, it's completely different. It has a completely different purpose. So that's all I'll say without spoiling it. I mean, but <laughs> <laughs> guys, I I know what it really is. I know. I know. <laughs> as soon as you open it, you get no content. <laughs> Typical rare. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's what detractors would say. But. Yep, yep. <laughs> People still play this game. <laughs> well, it would actually be funny as a joke if they did something like that once, you know, just be like, oh, here's a chest, you know, especially for you detractors, and they open it up, it's like, says No Man's Sea or something. <laughs> oh, they, they just have to. They must. They've <laughs> That'd got, be funny as a joke. They've got to find a way of trolling people, of just winding somebody up, giving them a chest. You take it to a gold hoarder, and he comes back with a message saying, sorry, no content found on it. <laughs> <Just laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> or maybe to the people that use these glitches and, and all the cheats to get the gold. Like, oh, that'd be wicked. <laughs> Oh, that'd be actually kind of funny, you know, if somebody did cheat in game, if they found a way to combat that by, like, say they take, you know, a skull through the Order of Souls or something, and they say, oh, thank you, you cheated to get this, so yeah, I'm actually not giving you any money for this, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be like, what? <laughs> I think Grand Theft Auto had the best feature for that. I don't know if you saw the people that cheated on that and what happened to them. I didn't know what happened to them. Basically, if you was a cheat on Grand Theft Auto, you got put into a thing called a dunce lobby. So, you went into this lobby, and you was paired with other cheaters. And everyone oh, damn. in the lobby had to wear a pointy dunce hat. It was basically, you know, it just looked ridiculous. But everyone who cheated had to wear it. And with GTA, there was obviously modders, so people that couldn't die, and people that could see through walls... So you was against all of them, pretty much. Like, <laughs> there was just no way of winning. <laughs> you couldn't do nothing. That has to suck. I mean, that's like that's honestly the best deterrent for cheating I've ever heard. Because if literally all you can do is play against other cheaters, then you actually know how it feels. So yeah, that's completely it. I mean, I don't think every game can do that, but I think that's definitely a great thing they did there so hopefully you know rare comes up with some cool way to deal with cheaters <laughs> you're not allowed to steer on your <laughs> on your galleon <laughs> well actually i had that happen to me and i wasn't cheating but <laughs> wait really <laughs> yeah no way yeah after, i think it was just like a bug or something but basically after a server migration i was sailing on a sloop and right after the server migration i could no longer grab my steering wheel so the ship just kept turning, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? I can't grab my steering wheel. <laughs> I did. I have got locked um, when you're pulling the sails down. I believe, it, again, it was a server migration. I pulled the sails down, and I got stuck on on that part of the ship, and I couldn't come away. So I was just stuck holding the sails pretty much. <laughs> couldn't do nothing about it. Literally had to leave the game just to join back. Well, you can always tell your team, I got this sale, don't worry. I'll, I'll keep all of it. <laughs> yeah. I think they'd be happy about that. I think that's the most boring job sitting on the sails, isn't it? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> no, luckily with my bug, I mean, I just dropped the anchor. And once I dropped the anchor, it fixed the bug and I was allowed to grab the wheel again. But it was just really weird at first because I, it turned my ship completely in the opposite direction of where I wanted to go. I'm like, no, no, go the other way, other way. What's happening? <laughs> I mean, why is this happening? Oh, they got to find a way of like trolling with that. Speaking of that, I don't know if you saw that concept art. There was a concept art for a Joker chest, I believe it was called, or, or something along them lines. And no, I haven't. 
what it would be. It was literally just a concept from a random player. And it was a picture of a joker on the front of a chest. And what it would be is when you stick that chest on your boat, it would do things what you wouldn't do. So similar to the chest of sorrows where it would cry, it would fill your boat up at the bottom. But what this chest would do, it would raise the sails, it would steer the ship, it would try and lower the anchor, it would make pirates come onto your boat like fake pirates and start like messing oh, around. <laughs> I think the concept of that would be amazing. That would be such a pain in the ass to deal with, but it would be also fun in the same way. Yeah, that's the thing. I think the, just because it is similar to the chest of sorrows, just way worse. But if that ever did come into the game, they could, let's say, make it worth more. Because you're going for all that hassle. Raising the sails, lowering the sails. <laughs> oh. Yeah, definitely. No, I think there's really cool like joke concepts or like interesting concepts that you wouldn't really think of that they could bring into this game. I mean, just getting back to the art book a little bit, there's some really interesting shifts that they're uh, designs for there that I don't know if they'll ever make, but it's really cool. Like, there's a ship that's a floating tavern on page 77, and that's really cool to, like, actually think of, you know, where you just randomly in the middle of the ocean see, oh, there's a floating tavern, let's go have a drink, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, what the heck is that? So. But that's the thing. I think places like that, because I personally believe they need to uh, add a zone which you can't attack in. Even if it's just one island, just... An island where it's more social. Uh, a way to meet new people, should we say. And I think something like that, where maybe they could have this massive tavern ship hovering above an island, I think that would be so cool. Yeah, it, I think it would be too, but it also would be sort of like a way for people to abuse it in some ways, because all the people that like to grief, they would just hang around that, and so when you come out of that area, then you get griefed immediately. True. But then again, it could work around it. Maybe when you do come out of it, it would spawn your ship to a desired location for one specific travel. And it can't be near, if you've got a voyage, it can't be near that location, right. something like that. But or I maybe not even that. Like maybe um, like when your ship sinks, it respawns you know, far away from where you sunk. So maybe when you come out of there, it just automatically respawns you somewhere across the map. Yeah, that'd work well. Because then they wouldn't even know where you're going to respond, so. Yeah. Although I probably would be one of them people in the ship waiting for the people to come out, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd have to catch me first then. <laughs> Honestly, the only reason I'd be one of them people is because the amount of times I've done a skull fort, fully completed it, Got like turn it around, and then you just see three, four galleons just come out from behind rocks, and you're like, "Oh god, might as well just jump off the boat and give them the loot now." <laughs> it always happens, and it's not as if like we're the worst players, but by the time you've completed the skull fort, you've got five cannons between you, you've got two bananas between you, you've got no wooden planks to repair, <laughs> you just cannot do nothing. Well, I actually had an experience like that that was probably one of my biggest highlights that I've ever had in the game, where I my usual crew, like it was uh, all four of us on a galleon, and we completed a skull fort, so we got all the treasure on our ship, we went to sail away, 
we had one galleon and three sloops chasing us all at once. And <laughs> we actually got all the treasure sold, all of it cash for ourselves, and none of them ever touched us. So we managed to evade them, you know, sink them, whatever we had to do, and we never got touched. So That's wicked. Because we, usually... we had the entire yeah, we had the entire server chasing us except one galleon, which in our midst of like running away from these other people, we actually saw the other galleon and luckily they didn't chase us at the time, but now we had to use so many different tactics. I mean, we dropped one of our best fighters into the water. They actually got onto the other galleon that was chasing us and they basically just kept killing the four players in that galleon over and over again because our like combat player was so good. So they yeah. just stalled that galleon so much and then like we lost another sloop in the storm. We lost another sloop going through rocks. Like we had so many different tactics we used to lose them all, but it was so like such a feeling of accomplishment when we actually cashed it all in that we managed to evade four ships. <laughs> That's wicked. Because I mean, usually what we do, if we do go to a skull fort or if we do see one, we'd usually go to a tavern before and we'd get a bucket filled with sick. And I know that sounds like you know a stupid thing to do, but when you come into combat and let's say you lower an anchor, because I think that's the best tactic. If you're being chased, um, just jump in the water, go onto their ship and lower the anchor, because you've already bought your team some time then. And then if you're getting attacked, you'd usually just throw uh, some sick over them, and it just covers their whole screen, <laughs> you know. Right, that makes it hurt for them. Yeah, and it's just the little things like that. But usually we'd we'd send two people, always, just to to lower a ship. Or if we've got a gunpowder barrel, that'd usually work well. <laughs> Even if it is a teammate suiciding. <laughs> no, definitely. I mean, my style, I mean, I'm more of like an evasive player where I'm not really going to fight you per se, but you're also probably not going to catch me. So for me, like my philosophy is... As long as I sell my treasure, then I have won the day. Like, I don't really give a shit if you sink me as long as I sell my treasure, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of in the same way. Um, I'd say I'm a thieving pirate as well. If I see if I see a sloop, and if I only see one player, and we're a galleon, and there's only one player on that sloop, bear in mind, I'd leave it. If we see two players, that treasure, whatever is on that ship, is now mine. Whatever happens. <laughs> right. And I do feel bad, regardless if it's two players, but it's a pirate game. What am I supposed to do? I can't just leave everyone. No, it, <laughs> and I respect that. I mean, like, it is annoying, though, when I'm on a solo sloop and, like, a galleon of four players, like, tries to harass me. I'm like, seriously? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's just nothing you can do as well, because I know people say the sloop is faster, but if your galleon catches wind, you're actually faster than the sloop. I mean, the sloop is faster at turning, but it's... I, I just don't know. It's its hard, because I believe the sloop should be faster no matter what. In, in any yeah, situation. I mean, there's ways you can get around it. You just have to basically outsmart your opponent, which does take a little time sometimes. Like, there was a situation a few days ago, I'd say, that I was on a solo sloop, and I was just doing some merchant quests. I didn't have a ton of time to play. And right as I was getting to, I had to go to Golden Sands to turn in my merchant cargo. And right as I was going there, there was a pirate legend ship there. And they were trying to be big shots and basically like, you know, basically camp the port that I had to go to. 
So I eventually just outsmarted them because what I did is I went the other direction. They tried to camp there knowing I had to go there. So I kind of waited them out a little bit. And then after they left, I just went back there and cashed it in. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think you've definitely got to be smart on the game. And I think our biggest thing, when we do complete a skull fort, usually we, we do get another galleon. And if we're low on supplies, what we'd usually do is instead of going and grabbing the treasure, we'd take the key, leave one person on the island, and either go to the bottom of the sea with five bananas and try and eat them while the ship just leads them away, and then let them sink and whatever not, and then you get the loot after you've respawned in type of thing. Right. And I think that works really well, but it is just a case of your teammate hiding and trying not to get killed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right well see that's the thing too like i mean i've had players that they got pissed off before that like they spent all this time chasing us and we just kept running from them but to me i mean if you want to spend the time chasing me have at it like i don't really care if you're wasting your time chasing me i'm just gonna get paid because that's the way i pirate basically i just make sure i get paid I don't really care about killing other people. I care about getting paid. So that's the way I'm a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the bit, that's probably the best way to do it. Right, yeah. Because, I mean, like, I don't really see the point in going out to actually kill other pirates. I see the point in getting paid. I mean, I'm a pirate. I want to get paid for my services. So I don't want to get not paid. <laughs> so Yeah. And I think, again, they need to sort of add something in for the player versus player aspect of it, though. I think there needs to be something added in for for killing a pirate if let's say Right, and that's where I think that bounty trading company couldn't come into play. I think they could have that in the future and then you actually have a way to get paid by attacking other players. And then in that case, you know, I might actually want to change my playstyle because then I can actually get paid for fighting. Yeah. And that's it. It, And even if it was they they could maybe do bonus ones, maybe where it's not so much even a player if it's let's say a skeleton but instead of having to kill it normally, you have to kill it with an axe or maybe a different weapon. You have to make sure that the last shot on it is with a sniper. And if it's not, then you've failed the bounty or you get half of the coin that you'd usually get. That'd be kind of hard to do, actually, but that'd make it interesting. Yeah, even if it was... Because I know they're adding the weekly events soon, aren't they? Even if it was a weekly event, where they could add add one in or something like that, just to see how it works. Yeah, definitely. But we kind of got off the topic a little bit, so we should probably get back to the airbook a little. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you might have to change the title of this now. <laughs> no, it, it's all good. I mean, it's always good to hear other people's thoughts and things, so I, I think the listeners will like that too. But we went off on a little bit of a tangent there, so... <laughs> <laughs> But getting back to the art book a little bit, I think there's some cool designs for skeletons that I hope are featured at some point. I see one skeleton here that has a chest on his head, and there's one that I really hope comes in the game at some point that basically it's the ship wheel for like a body, and it has like heads all around the ship wheel spokes. So I hope that's like, you know, a pirate like lord at some point that you have to face. That would be amazing. And maybe like he's really hard because he has like, you know, the souls of like five pirates in him or something like that so maybe he's like extra hard or something that'd be really cool and then maybe when you do kill him you'll be able to keep that as an ornament and maybe sell that as 
similar to how it works with the uh, Order of Souls bounty. Yeah, definitely. Or maybe it could be a decoration too, because I know they've said when they release legendary ships, there's going to be ways to decorate your captain's cabin. So maybe that's a way you could like decorate your captain's cabin. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, you could actually have that up there. Be like, I killed this, you know, pirate like lord that had like you know seven heads or whatever it was. <laughs> that would be wicked. Or even you could use it instead of having your normal steering. You could put that on there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would actually be interesting. <laughs> whatever floats your boat. <laughs> if somebody ever boarded your ship, they'd be like, whoa. Be a bit what worried. <laughs> Better jump off. <laughs> <laughs> they probably would. They'd be like, uh, I don't know if I want to stay here with these guys. Let me just go back to my ship. <laughs> <laughs> but I got into these ships a little bit. Um, one of the interesting pages I actually found in the ship section. On page 79, there's a section called Getting Around, which I found really interesting because these are ways that they could introduce possibly in the future or maybe they're just concepts they ditch but there's something called that they call the cataplane and basically this is used to catapult catapult shipmates long distances so like it's kind of shown in cartoonish design where it catapults someone from the deck up to the like top of the crow's nest you know you just basically jump on it so that'd be kind of an interesting way another one they um show there is a hook line sinker and this is basically like where it's a zip line where a pirate can zip line from like the top of the ship to the bottom, or maybe you could hook it up to like an island where you could like actually zip line to the island. But those are some interesting ways that I saw that like maybe they'll introduce these in the future, but they'd be kind of comical ways of getting around your ship. Yeah, I think it'd definitely be cool, especially if you are, let's say, the crow's nest and you did want to get down to an island, you'd be able to just shoot that zip line. And all of your teammates would be able to follow. Something like that would right. just be awesome. It'd even be like moments for, you know, some really good laughs. Because say you're on like a galleon with your friends and you tell your friend, hey, come here to the captain's cabin real quick. And you have the catapult ready and like you just catapult them off the ship. So <laughs> <laughs> they'd be like, what the hell? That'd be the best thing for it. I know, I know when my teammates get in cannons, bef- just before they get into a cannon they'll usually line it up perfectly to where the island is and they'll jump in. And what I do, I usually wait for them to jump in and then I'll just hold up on the analogue like try and make them as long as possible. <laughs> so yeah, zip lines and catapults would definitely suit me. <laughs> well, the funniest thing with that too is like, if you actually pointed it straight up and they land back on the ship, they'd probably be like, well, what happened? I landed back on the ship. Be like, oh, I don't know. I, th- I guess it was a glitch. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Do you want to try again? <laughs> <laughs> but I'd never do something like that. That's what they all say until they try it once. <laughs> no, yeah, I-, I probably would, honestly. <laughs> it's kind of fun. <laughs> but one of the other ships that's shown that would be really interesting to see in game kind of along the lines of the floating tavern on page 80 there's actually like a sort of comical version of a gift shop ship and it's like all decked out with like you know gifts hanging off of it like different sails and everything so it'd be really interesting to see things like this in the game where like you just see a floating gift shop you're like hey let's go to the gift shop and let's shop around yeah <laughs> that's the thing because maybe that could be a a featured shop where you can get the ornaments for some of your boat and 
and that kind of stuff because obviously customization is the main thing so i think having stuff like that would work awesome it would actually be cool like say they actually do include this gift shop maybe they could have where the gift shop sails around the world and you have to actually track it down to get like special customizations so like maybe you know there's certain suits you can only get in the gift shop and you have to actually track that ship down to find those that'd be cool i know it's similar to destiny and i know i keep referring a lot of these points to destiny they've got a weekly vendor known as Zer, who comes around every week and there's these things called exotics exotics are the best in the game pretty much so he carries three exotic pieces of armor and one weapon and every single week he carries a different stock but you have to go out and and find him pretty much it has his location on the map so you you roughly know where he is but if they implemented this feature where you could get a certain weekly stock where you track this i think that that would work amazing like maybe if it lasted from friday to monday so you've got four days to to try right. and get what you want i think that would be really really cool i would just hope it wouldn't be those days in particular though because my personal schedule i can't play as much in the weekends i'm very busy in the weekends but <laughs> hopefully they'd have a way for me to do it during the week <laughs> i mean but but you get the gist maybe yeah maybe no i, I do changed yeah. <laughs> like if they'd done it every two days or something like that yeah i know like during the uh stress test i was so frustrated because every single stress test is always like on the weekend and i'm like oh man i can't really do the stress test that much i can only play for a couple hours that's it so i was very frustrated but <laughs> yeah that's the worst thing about them which I, I get it i mean i know a lot of people you know normal people they have jobs where they're free on the weekends unfortunately i don't have a job that's normal like that i have a job that i'm busier on the weekends so it sucks for me because i'm more free during the week but it, it is what it is so yeah but something else that's kind of cool um we mentioned it a little bit earlier on page 89 there's designs for like a fishing pole and harpoons so that definitely does suggest further that there could be a fishing company coming in the future. I know it's definitely been teased a lot. There's been people speculating a lot, but just seeing this in the art book, it does kind of give credence to the fact that there probably is going to be fishing at some point. Yeah, and again, fits so well with the merchant. Definitely, and I think that's something that will be a trading company. I mean, I think there'll be a bounty trading company. I think there'll be a fishing company. I think this is the next two we'll probably see. You know, hopefully I'm right on that and we'll see those soon. But even if we don't see those soon, I think there's going to be other stuff coming to the game that's definitely worth the wait. Yeah. And I hope there's um, a merchant where you could do cooking. I really hope there is. That'd be kind of cool too, yeah. I remember reading up and I was actually looking through the menu. And you know where you can change your field of view, your sensitivity, all that kind of stuff. Um, I was looking through the hotkeys and you know how you can assign different buttons to whatever key you want or whatever button on your controller you want. And I know this sounds really small, but one of the options was it being fruit and not just a banana. So there's definitely more fruits coming into the game. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And just something, but... <laughs> even in the art book, there's like little designs. Actually, no, I think it's in the lore book that there's other designs for fruit. I don't think it's in the art book, but... Yeah, I think they had all the coconuts and... Yeah, other... there's coconuts and I think pineapples, so... 
Yeah, it would be awesome. And again, that fits into maybe ingredients for cooking, whether you eat them or cook stuff and take it to a somewhere where you can sell it. <laughs> Feed <Yeah>. the pirates. <laughs> I mean, if they really want to go very far with it, you know, they could go as far as like having a cooking competition on the island and be like, all right, you know, everyone come to this. Like instead of a skull for it, it's like a cooking competition. <laughs> That'd be kind of funny. <laughs> See, stuff like that would get the community involved. And maybe if you win... Right. You'd get an an ornament of a pie for for your shelf yeah. on the ship, <laughs> you know? or maybe what you get instead is like you get like an actual chef's jacket to wear instead. <laughs> <laughs> you just walk around with a hot dog outfit. <laughs> yeah, like there's ways that they can really have fun with this and just make it you know kind of comical, like and just have fun with the game. So yeah, and again, it just refers back to that point: the possibilities of the things that they could do is endless. I mean, this is just ideas we're coming up with. But I've never, ever known a game where you can sort of think about so many ideas what are easy to add in retrospective, like, you know, compared to other games. No, definitely. And I think some of these ideas will be like a little bit too comical for the game, maybe because like the style of the world. But I mean, just thinking about it, it would be so funny to see like instead of a skull cloud in the air to indicate a fort. You see, like a giant chef's hat in the air to indicate a competition. <laughs> <laughs> like, come do your chef off. <laughs> that would genuinely be awesome. Genuinely. <laughs> I know, even if I didn't want to participate, like, I'd even just go to watch that. I'd be like, holy shit, there's like a chef competition? Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> and if you're not participating, you can vote. Like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, this would be hilarious to see a game i mean I, I don't think they'd actually put this in the game because i think it's a little bit too far for yeah, the game style but definitely. it's definitely funny to think about you watch next week they'll do a big update <laughs> we'll, we'll load into the game they won't have any patch notes look into the sky there'll just be a big chef hat <laughs> I, I think i'd genuinely cry genuinely <laughs> Well, if that happens, then I'll definitely know they're listening, because, I mean, I haven't heard of anywhere else talking about a chef hat, so... <laughs> That's it. I know I'd be on next week. Yeah, I think Quality XA should be Pirate Legend. Uh, <laughs> you should get all these special ships. <laughs> oh, man. But then, speaking about the comical stuff, they do add funny bits i mean with the day one eye patch because there was quite a funny thing behind that wasn't there yeah where, definitely where, where someone was saying about a day one patch i can't remember specifically but it was funny which i think would have been funnier if people weren't complaining about the content at the time because um i don't know if you ever watch angry joe's reviews yeah yeah <laughs> yeah like i know he mentioned it, he's like this would have been so funny if it wasn't actually needing a day one patch i'm like oh come on like <laughs> that's a little bit low blow but <laughs> yeah that's the thing though i think a lot of people they they roast this game and they do say bad stuff about it but they don't see what it what it is for in the long run i think that's the best way right. of looking at it for, for what it is gonna be which i get for people that do reviews like I get why that's definitely harder for a game like this because a game like this is harder to review early on because early on they don't have like everything in there yet. So yeah, and I mean, a lot of people do say it is No Man's Sea, but for what No Man's Sky was when it first came out to what it is now, 
uh, from what I've heard, I haven't personally played No Man's Sky, and people are saying, but um, people are saying that it's it's unbelievable now. It's a really good game now, and it just goes to show time time with development does come out with better stuff. Right, definitely, and I think what Rare. I don't know a whole lot about the team behind No Man's Sky, but I think where Rare differed a little bit is they can see that like players would that are detracting from the game, they wouldn't want to wait as long to see this stuff come out. So I think that's part of why they did change their content roadmap and actually had stuff released sooner. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think it was a good decision. I agree, yeah. I mean, I am a little bit bummed out that, like, say, the legendary ships you know where you can captain your own ship or like the pets are pushed back but i definitely understand and respect the decision to push those back in favor of content yeah and i mean that's the thing though because where it is content i think the content will keep you more into the game you'll forget about the pets and then when the pets does get released you're like oh pets like (laughs) exactly (laughs) but some of the last things about ships there's like some um different cannons like a basic cannon, a mid cannon, and a high cannon. So it's interesting to see those and think that, you know, maybe there could be different cannon types at some point. I'm not sure if they'd actually introduce that, but that's I interesting to see. And also there was talks about other other bits and pieces behind the scenes from what I've heard. Not specifics, but apparently there's going to be different cannonballs that you can get and even customized cannonballs from what I've heard, which would be amazing. Not that you'd and maybe st- along with that goes with like you know different types of cannons too to shoot those cannonballs. So yeah, we'll see what comes up for that. Oh, that's it. And then I know on pages ninety two and ninety three they have some other sail designs that aren't released yet. Like they have a black and yellow design with like a unicorn on it. They have a cool design that's like green and black with like a snake on it type thing. So there's definitely some cool sail designs that they haven't released yet. So. I can't wait to see these other customizations. Yeah, most definitely. And then, of course, they have like the other figureheads. There's plenty of figureheads that we've seen even in the betas that they haven't actually released yet. You know, there's there's like a dolphin. There's they have like a parrot. Um, obviously, they have the legend unicorn that did come out. There's definitely some cool ones that are still to come out. So it, it's going to be really cool to see when they actually drop these customizations. Yeah, uh, I think. There is, they just need to add something in which you can customize the stuff what you do get. I think that's going to be a big thing for them because people get all of these bits and pieces. I mean, customization is sort of limited at the moment, but I think adding a color scheme like a color palette or something like that would would definitely top the customization. Right. Yeah, and I know like one of the things in the art book that's shown is like different decorations or different layouts for your ship cabins like you know say like way down below where you usually patch your holes there's different designs for how that layout looks like you know maybe some bunks in there so i don't know if they're ever going to release a way to customize that maybe with the like legendary ships they'll do that but it's definitely cool to think about like different ways you could actually customize your ship so hopefully with the ship captaincy thing, there'll be like a lot of different customizations you can do for your ship that you can't do now. Yeah, I really hope so. I mean, I definitely understand why they want to make you get to Legend to have like some of those extra things because it's more of an incentive. But I hope it's just, you know, it's not something that they don't put it in ever. Yeah, 
And I think that's the thing because not everyone is going to reach legend. Right. That, that's the I mean, hard it's thing. definitely going to take a long time. Like, I know myself, I'm not even close to reaching legend yet. And I just plan to take it at my own pace because I, I'm not one of these people that has the time in my life to actually grind these huge sessions. I mean, I'd love to be able to do, like, you know, some of these 20 hour sessions that these streamers do, but. I just don't have the time in my life to do that. So Yeah, no, I'm the exact same as much as I'd love to. I think if that ever happened, I would genuinely turn into a pirate, and that's the reality of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I definitely envy them for being able to do those, but I just, like, I have a full-time job, I have a family. I mean, there's just no way I could ever do a session that long. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but they do have some different things with the environments too i mean i know on page 122 they have some really cool artwork i wanted to denote um they don't have an island that looks like this yet but for example on this page they have like some pirates standing in what looks like a shipwreck that was on an island but actually the foliage has overtaken it so the foliage has started to grow on a shipwreck so I think that's a really cool thing they could actually introduce into Highlands of the Future where the foliage kind of takes over and overgrows some of the shipwrecks. Yeah, that'd be really cool as well. And maybe seeing stuff such as fossils embedded on the ships where certain right, yeah. creatures... And it kind of gives like a sense of like that's how long ago the history was of that shipwreck. Like, wow, this has been there so long that like the trees have grown over it, you know? Yeah, and then maybe in things like that, because... I know that they've got the underground caverns and underground caves. Maybe they could put special chests which are actually linked to these specific locations or specific shipwrecks, stuff like that. Right, definitely. I think there's so many different shipwrecks that they could actually do something different with all of them and you know make them unique in that way, which I think they are already unique in some ways, but they could definitely expand upon that as the game grows in age because... I think that's what's really cool is as this game grows in age, like say a year from now, they could actually change some of the islands a little bit, just slightly to show that the island has aged even more. Yeah, that'd be wicked. But they do actually give some concept art for specific islands. Like for example, Sharkbait Cove, they actually give some of the early concepts for what the island was supposed to be and what it ended up being. Like they obviously wanted to... to envision you know sort of sharks but what they eventually did that we see in the game now is like sharks kind of circling is how they basically made it look but there's some cool concepts of how like at one point it was supposed to look like shark jaws or different things like that so there's some really cool concepts of what the islands could have been and what they ended up being yeah i think that's a good thing the island, the way that they have designed the island, and referring back to looking through the book and what they have previously done, it just shows what they can do and what they can design. Because right. with, I think, I believe, is it the third DLC or the third update where we're getting a, a new place that they were saying about? Yes. I think it was. So, yeah, again... The possibilities are endless with what they could design, and they did say it's going to be like nothing we've seen before. So, yeah, I just cannot wait to see what that could be, or what terrain that could be on. No, definitely, and I think it's really cool looking at this art book, too, like some of the things that they thought up that could be coming in the future as well. I mean, just for example, um, one of the designs they have for Thieves Haven, 
on page 131, it shows like a little bit of a sketch. It's obviously a very early sketch, but the sketch clearly shows an entrance for the ship, an entrance for a rowboat, and an entrance for a person. So they literally had a separate entrance at these Haven for rowboats. Yeah, and rowboats in this game, I think they work so well. Because I think the ships, they I, I don't want to say they're hard to control, but some ways you just want to send two teammates over to an island, let's say, and with some of the islands they might be awkward to get to. Whereas if you did have a rowboat, you'd be able to get over there quick, grab, let's say, a chest, maybe it fits two chests this rowboat, turn around go back over instead of swimming yeah definitely i think you could actually use rowboats for combat too because what you could do is like say send one or two of your teammates off on a rowboat you know like say somebody's chasing you and have them dock the rowboat at like an island and then as the ship sails past that have the rowboat kind of like chase them a little bit yeah and mm. they're kind of sandwiched between the galleon and the rowboat or something yeah that'd be wicked so there's definitely cool ways that the rowboats could actually make the game more fun you know, whether it's exploration or PvP. Especially if you could use them, and I know this sounds a bit out there, but you could load it with, let's say, gunpowder barrels, send it off of your galleon, you have one person going towards their oh, galleon, cool, and then you <laughs> either crack it into explode or get a teammate to, to shoot it. <laughs> That'd be like a suicide bomber thing. like Yeah. But it's, it's stuff like that which would work yeah. really awesome. Yeah, and I mean, the players in the community would get very inventive with it. So, I mean, ever since the first episode of this podcast, I've been talking. Yeah, most definitely. But in the environment section, I think we get a tease of what actually could be that Forsaken Shores update, uh, the third update. This could be what they're bringing out because it talks about a whole new region and... Maybe it's something different, but it says it's called Ruins of the Forgotten, and it says it's imagined as a region of the Sea of Thieves where rock carvings, painted sigils, and other remnants of some ancient civilization could still be found buried in the undergrowth. So this could be like a region that does come with that third update, or it could come later on, but it's definitely cool to look at, and it definitely gives some insight into what they might be thinking about. Yeah, it would be really cool as well to add more into the water itself. Because I think the water itself looks beautiful. It looks unbelievable. But there's no depth to to what's there. There's nothing apart from you get the sunken ships and I believe you've got a few caves which you can explore. But there's nothing. There's no depth to it yet. Right. But um, just to touch on really fast, two islands that are shown. There's one called Dragon's Breath and one called Skull Island that aren't in the game right now. So maybe those are two islands that could come in this Forsaken Shores update. Or maybe they're just ones that they scrapped. But they definitely look really cool. Dragon's Breath basically envisions, you know, a Dragon's Breath. That's kind of what that was made to vision. Skull Island is basically in the shape of a skull kind of thing. So... It's definitely cool to look at those and see if they want to actually bring them out, but I hope they do bring those at some point. Something like a Skull Island would be so cool as well. If they could implement, obviously, using the skeletons, but have like a skeleton king or almost a, a raid similar to the Skull Forts, but you go there, you can do it once a week, let's say, and you get some of the, the best loot, let's say. 
I think that would be really awesome. Right, definitely. And another idea that is presented for a region possibility is on page 162, they have the Sea of the Damned, which we know the fairy captain of the Fairy of the Damned. He's supposed to be ferrying that sea. It does give me an idea that maybe they could actually have us able to get into the Sea of the Damned, into that like ghost ghost world, because there is a design on there that actually shows an area for vessel docking, for galleon docking, and for smaller boats. So it does show that they had envisioned at one point that we could actually be in that Sea of the Damned world where like it's the ghost world. So maybe they will let us into that region or area at some point. I really hope so, because that would add so much depth to the game. The amount of stuff, what they could do lore-wise and behind the scenes would be unbelievable if they ever did do that. Yeah, I mean, it really makes me think you can actually go into the ghost world and fight the ghosts in the ghost world. Maybe that's what it is. That'd be really awesome. Even if it was like a parallel world to what you're in, but with ghosts. So you can explore the islands you currently go to, but in a dimmer, darker setting where instead of seeing what you'd normally see, you'd see ghosts. The ghosts are NPCs, stuff like that. They talk differently to you. Just be really awesome. Definitely, and I hope we get something like that, but I guess we'll see. I mean, I know at some point they're probably going to have to tell us more about the fairy captain and his story or the lore behind him, so I think we definitely will hear more about the Sea of the Damned at some point. I just... I hope that seeing this concept art, we can actually like go there and dock our ships there or explore a little bit more. Even if we're not fighting anything there, I think it'd be really cool to explore that world. Yeah, 100%. Because that's where like all the lost souls are supposed to go, so there's so much depth that could be actually mined from that area if we went there. Yeah. But sort of the last sections of the art book are getting into equipment and creatures. So some of the creatures that aren't featured in the game yet that we could end up seeing, there's manta rays, there's uh, some parrots, uh, some goats, boars, which would be really cool. I'd love to come up against a boar on an island instead of like a normal pig. A boar actually charges at you. That'd be really interesting. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be pretty scary. <laughs> it would. <laughs> sort of reminds me of Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just imagine you're, like, you're digging up your chest and then all of a sudden a boar charges at you and hits you in the back and be like, oh, what, what was that? <laughs> Pushes you across the map. You're like, damn. <laughs> Launched off the island. <laughs> I mean, snakes are already annoying enough. Like, imagine if we have to fight snakes and boars, you know. <laughs> oh, snakes. Don't even get me started talking about snakes. Yeah. Honestly. I get so annoyed by snakes sometimes because they hide in the grass and like I'm just walking by and I get bit. I'm like, damn it, you stupid snake. Yeah, because that's the thing. You just hear the... <laughs> oh my gosh, shit. <laughs> Usually what I do as well, instead of running and playing the music before I get the snake... I'd usually grab the snake and I'd shout for a teammate, come on, play music, play music. And it's like, sometimes none of them have left the ship. They're just sitting there on the ship if we only need one snake. And it's like, come on, what are you doing? <laughs> right. Oh, it's hassle. <laughs> but I think a lot of these creatures could actually come into play with the other things we mentioned, like, say, cooking, for example. Like, maybe the goats, you could actually find them and cook the goat meat or something like that or actually sell it to the merchants as like 
part of their merchant cargo. Yeah, that'd be really cool. And it's, it just adds depth to, to what you could use them for, because you could probably use them for the merchant, or if you needed a cooking contract or something like that, it, it could just ha- add different uses for the different animals. Right, definitely. And some of the other ones, we already know there's going to be monkeys, because that's going to be one of the pets featured at some point. But there's also crabs, rats, bats, different things like that. But I think one of the really interesting things at the towards the very end of the book is they show different types of krakens. So I think that's a really cool idea that we could have other types of krakens. Like there's one that's an electric kraken. There's one that's a crustacean kraken. Probably my favorite um, on page 197. There's one that's called an island mimic kraken. And basically the picture, like what it invokes is that the Kraken looks like an island on top, but then it's a Kraken underneath. So that would be so interesting to me that like you go to this, like, oh, wow, I found an uncharted island. Let's check out this uncharted island. You get on it and it's a Kraken. It's like, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) What have I just bumped into? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I think there's some really cool ideas they could draw from these. I mean, I don't know if all of them will make it into the game, but it definitely shows that they have thought of some like interesting ideas that could make it in at some point. Yeah, and they definitely need to add some type of reward with the Kraken. Every right, time I think that do... definitely has to come, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, it's not, let's be honest, it's not the hardest thing to, to fight or get away from at the moment. But if they made it harder and up the reward, up the ante for it, so say if you did lose the fight then you actually you lose something that you need or or something like that but if you win it then you get you gain something for defeating this kraken right definitely and i think that needs to happen because right now there's really no reason to fight the kraken after you get the achievement i mean once you get the achievement then it's kind of pointless to fight him you're almost better off just to sail away no that's it and it, it is such a cool thing to happen like I remember every time I have the experience of a Kraken, it still feels the same as the first when it initially happens. Like, when it picks you up and throws you into that oily sea, that is honestly one of the most scariest feelings because you cannot see a thing. It it honestly is, like, terrifying. But there's, there's no reward, there's no loss for it happening. Like, there's nothing there. Right. Which I think Rare has probably heard everyone with that, so I think at some point they will at least update the Kraken and make it more difficult because, for example, in one of the patches they just um, decreased the skeleton cannon accuracy, so Thank God. if they can like do stuff like that and decrease their accuracy, then they could probably increase like the damage the Kraken does. Yeah. I'm so, I'm so glad that they did that. <laughs> yeah, me too. It was really ridiculous. Like, how can they always be dead on every time from like that far away? <laughs> yeah, the the worst thing was when you're doing something like patching a hull, and they they hit the seat the exact same spot, so you get blasted back. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I hated <laughs> that. <laughs> they were well trained. <laughs> they must have been. <laughs> but I think the last two things that are like really interesting to touch on. Um, one of them, there's muskets shown, so that could be an interesting new weapon coming that will give us some variety with our guns because it would give you a different way to play than like just using the eye of reach because eye of reach is more like a sniper rifle, obviously. But a musket could be like 
you know, in between a pistol and the Eye of Reach. Yeah, it'd fit the game perfectly as well. Because, I mean... It would, yeah. The sniper, I currently think that that needs some sort of aim assist, ever so slightly, or or just some way of utilising it better, because it realistically it's unusable. I mean, the only time I personally use the sniper is with a shotgun, and that's literally just to try and no-scope people, like when I'm close range, because it does do high damage. I don't use it how it's supposed to be used, and that's what's up. Yeah, I don't use it a ton either. I mean, the most times I use it is, like, say somebody's chasing us, I at least try to pop a couple shots at them and see if I can hit them, but it doesn't really work out that well. So yeah, the, the it's just the bullet drop because it sort of goes along and then it it just drops. The <laughs> it's right. so hard to get used to it. But I suppose if some people do get used to it, I can imagine it being amazing. Definitely. But yeah. But you did mention that cursed chest earlier on page two ten. There is a picture of it and it looks awesome. It's purple with a face on it. So. If you want to check that out, I mean, like I said, I'm not going to spoil what it is in this episode, but it's definitely a cool chest, so check it out. Yeah. I'm really, really interested to see what other weapons they bring as well, because again, with the data mining, I believe there was a hammer, an axe, there's just a few other weapons, I can't remember them off the top of my head, but there was a load more than what is currently in the game. So that'd be exciting. Definitely. But unless you had anything else, that's pretty much all I had for the art book. I think we covered pretty much from front to cover, you know, all the cool things about it. No, I think regarding the art book, that's pretty much all of the key things. I mean, I would definitely say, you know, after listening to this episode, I would still go out and get it if you haven't. Because, like, even more than we talked about, it's cool to look at just some of the interesting art that's in there that you can't really describe vocally. Yeah, most definitely. There's other stuff that you could look at, stuff that we might not be seeing, that you could think, oh, wow, this looks unbelievable. This could be coming into the game. And it's not just stuff that's coming into the game. The amount of effort that has been put into this book is is unreal. It is. There is so much stuff in here which is just unbelievable and blows your mind to see the effort what has been put into making some of the things. Absolutely. So I, I would say definitely pick it up. I mean, I know it's a little bit costly, but if you have the extra funds for it, I'd say it's definitely worth the look into because some art books, you know, they tend to not really be worth it. I've got some in the past that, like, didn't really inspire me that much, but this one in particular really inspires me. as like, you know, wow, the future of this game could be really cool. Yeah, and it's the same with the law book as well. That's in the exact right. same position that is such a good read and again i i didn't remember a few stuff what we did speak about but reading through it once you've read for it once it's one of them books that you can read through again and it links to to stuff that you notice in the game and that's the beauty of it there's so much more of a story in that book than there is in the game but it links so Definitely. much things and that's what's great about it and even the comic book i don't know if you checked that out yet but the comic yep. book be good, so I would definitely check out the comic too. There's definitely other ways to find out about the lore of Sea of Thieves, like besides the game. The comic book hasn't really shown a lot of new things that could be coming to the game yet, but maybe in the future they could. But I know the comic book is definitely a really cool story that's developing right now. Yeah, I think that's the good thing about it. I've only got the first episode at the moment, um, but 
I'd highly recommend buying that as well. Again, it is a really good side story. It isn't heavily linked with the game, so you don't need to play the game to read the comic or do vice versa. But it has, again, some key things in there that when you read, you're like, wow, there, there is so much that's gone into this game, which expands off. It, it just makes it really cool. Right, definitely. And I think it's clear that the people making the comic actually know what they're talking about with the game, too, because you can definitely see that as like a story that happened in the Sea of Thieves world. Yeah, most definitely. But yeah, that's pretty much what we have for today. So if people want to get a hold of you or they want to find your channel, how can they do so? So on Twitter, it's QualityXA. On YouTube, it's YouTube QualityXA. Please just search that in if you need to. But I'd, I'd highly recommend staying tuned with this podcast because this is just going to get bigger and bigger. Honestly, guys, the amount of effort that Derek puts in is unreal. So highly recommend carry on tuning into this and Derek I don't know if you're gonna create a YouTube but you definitely need to man yeah you're the second person that's told me and I'm definitely considering it more now I mean especially coming from you so <laughs> it's definitely worth it and even if it is a case of just seeing if you like it or not it's I'd highly recommend it and I'd I'd 100% be down to do another episode well thank you I appreciate that I appreciate the nice comments you made I mean I definitely think your YouTube channel is great, and I love watching all your videos, so please keep up the good work with that, and I hope all the listeners check out your videos too, because I think they're definitely worth listening to. Thanks, I really appreciate it, and thanks for having me on. It's been wicked. Yeah, I definitely appreciate you coming on, and for anyone that wants to get in touch with me, you can do so on my Twitter, at Blaze Experience. You can email me at theblazeexperience at gmail.com. Or you could find our community Discord, which is in the show notes. If you want to listen to the podcast, then you can do so via Radio Public, which is a free app. This is an app that is available in all countries, and it actually uh, helps promote and support podcasters. So by listening with that app, then you're actually supporting the show. Um, other ways, of course, you can listen via Apple Podcasts and leave us feedback on there, or you can listen to us on Google Play, just a bunch of different ways to listen to us, but just check us out one of those ways. Thank you again for coming on, and I appreciate you coming on, Adam. Thanks for having me. It was wicked. It really was. Definitely a lot of fun. Hopefully the listeners will enjoy this episode, so thank you to you listeners for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank yep. you. See you later. Thank you.